to a hockey season or even just a hockey game, like crossing the street to go into the arena, we're always thinking about goals. We're always thinking about scoring. That's just the nature of being a hockey fan. No matter how into the sport you are, no matter how much you've played it, coached it, refed it, watched it, whatever it is, you're always thinking about goals. The same undoubtedly holds true for the 2021 Penguins. When we think of who they are and who's on the roster and what they've done in the past, we're thinking about goals. I'm here today to kind of swing that conversation back closer to reality, I think. Good morning to you. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. I also do Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates, if you're into football and baseball, here on the DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. The Penguins are back at practice. They resume training camp today at PPG Paints Arena after a day off yesterday. And at some point this coming weekend, I can promise you're going to see Mike Sullivan place a lot greater emphasis on defensive positioning, defensive awareness, and then from there, defensive responsibility with the puck. Always a key component for him, the decisions that you make with the puck, but especially in what he constantly refers to as the danger zones of the rink. That's coming soon. He hasn't done it yet. Uh, The camp sessions I've seen, he's focused really on making sure that everybody's legs are moving and that they're doing a lot of five-on-five, but he's not stopping the drills. He's not saying, hey, don't do this, don't do that. He's just kind of letting them get back into game flows. And there's going to be some of that this weekend as well as they gear up for, wow, the opener is just five days away in Philadelphia. It's next Wednesday, 5.30 p.m. face-off at Wells Fargo Center. Uh, Crazy, crazy to think that. And in the interim, there's only going to be today's practice plus three more before they hit the ice for real. The thing you're going to see, the thing you have to see, Sullivan nail down sooner rather than later is that this team will be built on defense first. You will hear that from almost nobody else, but I'm here to tell you the truth. The last thing you'll hear from anybody associated with the Pittsburgh Penguins, probably in our lifetimes, is that they'll be a defense first outfit. Uh, that's the kind of thing that nobody's had the guts to say around here since Kevin Constantine, and <laughs> he didn't last long with that approach. That doesn't mean the Penguins are going to go into some neutral zone trap or 1-4 delay or anything else that would cause the locals to break out in hives, and understandably, playing passively stinks. But creating your offense from the back end Having your back end support your offense. Playing with speed through the neutral zone and using that speed 
to support the puck at all points on the rink. That's defense. It's just another word or a lot of words for defense. It really is. Think about this. Let's let's go, let's go hockey coach here, okay? Go back to the defensive zone. Everyone's aware of whenever a defenseman makes a mistake because he's the guy who's hanging his head after the puck's in the net and the goalie's fishing the net out. He's the one that's caught on camera. It might not have been anywhere near this dude's fault, but he's the one caught on camera, so we're all complaining about him. That's the small fraction of what has to happen. Mike Sullivan stresses, in addition to good positioning, which is what you see there at the end, from the defenseman, he stresses staying inside the body of the opponent, fronting the puck. Make sure that your body and the opponent's body are somehow, some way or another, between you and either the center of the rink or the penguin's net. Regardless of where you are on the rink, he wants you fronting the other team. When you see the penguins habitually chasing someone on the rink, that to Sullivan is a sign that you're out of position and you don't have your priorities in order, or worse, you're not fast enough, in which case you really shouldn't be in the NHL. Certainly not in his system. He expects there to be bodies. Not referencing interference here, by the way. I realize that sounds like interference as I say it out loud. But he wants to see that type of positioning. He demands it. Slide up to the neutral zone. What he wants to see more than anything else is if you're going to make a pass through the middle of the ice, you had better be very, very sure. That's one of his danger zones, if not his chief danger zone, other than inside the defending blue line. Move up the ice. If you don't see anything, if you don't see anything of which you're 100%, Sure, that you're going to connect on that pass, or if you don't connect on that pass, neither will the other guys. Go forward. Slide it forward. Go get it. Either skate it in yourself, do a controlled dump, whatever it is. Neutral zone, move quickly. Get down there before the other team has a chance to catch up. Try to catch them a little off guard, even if it's not necessarily on the rush. Get down there and outnumber them for however long you can. That's where he wants the defenseman to join the rush, too. Almost regardless, he doesn't mind a defenseman, meaning regardless of the score, regardless of the situation. He wants them up in the play because he wants the numbers coming through the neutral zone. That's another thing to watch. That's also defense. I know it doesn't sound like it, but it is. When you get to the offensive zone, this is where he starts counting sticks. He does it all over the rink, but he really wants to see it on offense. I've heard him uh, say after a game that we didn't have enough sticks in there, and I'll, I'll challenge him on what he means by that without asking him to be literal. It's, it's hockey. There's some element of chaos to it. And he'll say, I, I don't care what the number is. If it's two, three, if it's four, whatever, the puck needs to be ours. Our mentality has to be that the puck is ours, and that mentality has to apply all over the rink. That also is defense, because you know 
how many teams are going to be effective at scoring on you when you've got the puck in the attacking zone? Very, very, very few. He's not as... uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? Disciplined slash militant when it comes to enforcing decisions that are made in the offensive zone. He understands he's got creative guys. In a couple of cases, you know, some of the more creative talents who've ever laced up skates. So, as he often says, he he doesn't want to take the stick out of the, the hands of great players. But he'd still rather see you going forward or working on something toward the net. And within that, make sure that somebody's at the net. But he actually doesn't do a ton of coaching as it applies to Hey, uh, Sid, how about if you and Jake go down below the net, uh, swing around a little bit, uh, you know, pass it back and forth to each other. Look at the, He doesn't do any of that. He doesn't do any of that. He doesn't even do that stuff with his third and fourth liners. To him, offense is offense. Offense is instinct. But he will advise them on what not to do, on where the door should be shut in their faces. And you know what that is? That's also defense. On top of all that, on top of all that, I think this is going to be a pretty good and deep defensive core, meaning the guys that are actually on the blue line. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, warmer than wool. They offer outdoor work socks, cozy bed socks, lightweight diabetic compression socks, hypoallergenic socks. They all look and feel great. Treat yourself to a pair of these. Go to warrioralpacasocks.com and use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. That's a deal just for our podcast listeners. Warrioralpacasocks.com. Code DK to get 15% off the first order. I look at the top pairing as a shutdown pairing. I think that's a fair thing to say about Chris Letang and Brian Dumoulin. Doesn't mean they're both great every night. Doesn't mean they'll be great in all 56 games in the coming season. But they have extensive experience in this regard. They're capable of playing at both ends of the ice. Obviously, I don't have the need to tell you anything about Latang or Dumoulin. The second pairing might end up being almost as good five-on-five between John Marino and Marcus Pedersen. What we don't know about, and the key here, the, the big variable, will be the third pairing. Cody Cece has had his headaches. Um, he can be another subject for another day. He's mostly a, a defensive guy. He's not that great offensively, and that's okay. He's right-handed. If he kind of stays at home a little bit and covers for Mike Matheson, that's fine too. But Matheson is the guy that you you wonder about. He's a $6 million a year player uh, coming from the Florida Panthers, of course, in the Patrick Hornquist trade. And he's shown enough offensively in particular in his time in Sunrise to earn that contract, at least in somebody's eyes. There's talent there. There's speed there. There's a terrific shot there. 
But when I'm thinking of a third-pairing defenseman, I'm really not thinking all that much about what he can contribute to the attack. There were times with the Panthers that Matheson really, really struggled in his own end. He had a minus-five game this past season uh, in which the opponent only scored five goals. Um, that's a that's that's a feat, you know, at any level of hockey in any circumstance. He's had his issues. His focus through this camp in working with Todd Reardon, who will now be the assistant coach assigned to the defenseman, has been all about defense. Here's what Matheson had to say about this this week. In Florida, it seemed like things just kind of snowballed and, um, you know, it, it it got to a point where uh, I was starting to lose confidence and, um, you know, obviously that's on myself. And so going into this offseason, I, I didn't really try to hide from, from the fact that I needed to get better in certain areas. I tried to dive right into them and, um, and focus right on them and come ready to play for this year. Matheson's a bright guy. And he's got the athleticism and everything else. And he also appears to have the drive. It's not like he lacks the will to get better defensively. Uh, I've not heard any kind of knock against him in that regard, meaning character. Like, uh, to name drop here on you, a guy like Mike Green, for example, who played in Washington for a lot of years and then went to Detroit and was grossly overpaid there as well, who's just a disaster in his own end, but really, really, really good on offense. Uh, I haven't gotten that impression about Matheson. I just think at times in his own zone, he just loses his way, and he needs to be guided a bit and kind of anchored, simplify his game. That's something that Mike Sullivan has mentioned already. Keep things really simple in his own end and he'll be that much stronger for it. Overall, good defensive group. It'll have to be a good defensive team. When we come back, just one question. Just one question, and that's brought to you on this program always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors across western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. If you need them, reach out. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help. If you don't know where your next meal is coming from. If you're wondering how you're going to make ends meet, reach out to them, pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help. Today's question comes from Christopher, who opens by saying, maybe this is a dumb just one question. It's not, Chris, actually. I already read it. I can preface it myself by saying it's not a dumb question. He asks, if you look at the schedule changes that have happened in hockey and other sports, should the leagues consider keeping some of these changes after things are back to normal? Aren't divisions antiquated, he asks, in many ways, same as the East and West splits? 
Uh, if there's a chance for a full reboot, should we do it? And if so, what would you like to see happen? This is a hockey show, so I'm going to keep it to the hockey component. Four divisions for the NHL can work. Uh, I would rather see, from the standpoint of clarity for new fans, that when you're explaining what it'll take for your favorite team to make the playoffs, that you don't have to go into hieroglyphics to do so. Well, they could be the wild card if this and that and this and that, but this team over here has a way worse record, but they're the first place team in their division, so they're actually in third place in the conference ahead of these, you know, you just don't need to do that. Hockey is not in that comfortable a position in the American sporting consciousness to get away with something like that. You, as a hockey fan, don't want to have to explain that to your novice uh, buddy that you took with you to the rink who's just, like, trying to get into it. So what, what place is your team in? Well, depends on how you mean. Like, do you mean in the division? Do you mean in the conference? Do you mean as it relates to the wild? Just, just tell them. You have an eight-team division. The top four make it. Period. The end. It'll be the best such system in all of professional sports because everybody else is doing a wild card now. Everybody else is lumping this and that together. And their concern is that there will be a deserving team in one division or another that gets left out. For example, let's say that the East Division, the Penguins Division this coming season, is as strong as everybody expects. And let's say that Six out of the eight teams have winning records, or that the two teams that are out of the East playoff picture this year have better records than the teams that finish third and fourth in the other division. Who cares? Who cares? You should have done better in the regular season if you're one of those teams that didn't do well. I don't have any sympathy for that. If you finish fifth or sixth in your division of eight teams, see ya. No sympathy. And believe me, I will not go back on this should the Penguins be a fifth or sixth place team in the East Division. I will see no outrage. They should have done better. They knew what the circumstances were going into the season. Should have followed through on it. Didn't. Oh, well. Bye. That's it. I have no problem with that. I think it would be terrific, Chris. I also like, from the scheduling standpoint, this is selfish, so take this how you want. Going to a city and playing more than one game, this is this is just smart. You know? <laughs> why, do, why do you need to make three trips to Long Island? Why do you need to make multiple trips to Newark? Why do you need to go to Florida two or three times? I'm not talking about Florida as in Florida Panthers. I'm talking about the state. There was a year, a couple of years back, where the Penguins made separate trips to Sunrise and to Tampa. What? Go somewhere, get your hockey done, take your bags and leave. I am still in favor of 
every team playing every other team. I will stand by that. Um, this goes back to my childhood. I wanted to see Wayne Gretzky and the Edmonton Oilers come to the Civic Arena. They only came once a year, and when they did, they drew one of the two or three biggest crowds all season. Why? Everyone wanted to see Wayne and Paul Coffey and Mark Messier and Glenn Anderson and all those guys. And I should mention <laughs> beating the Penguins like, what was it, 11-4 to four one of these years. <laughs> and not even really trying hard to run up those 11 goals. This was pre-Mario. But I want to see them all. I want everyone in the league to be able to see Sidney Crosby. I, when I travel around covering the Penguins, I see all the Crosby shirts in the Western Conference cities, especially Western Canada, especially in whether it's Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. You see these kids out there that have grown up because of what Crosby means to Canada, showing up at these rinks with the 87. Their dads are usually wearing the home team's jersey, like, you know, guy will be wearing the Red Flames jersey, and here's his son with the 87 Penguins jersey. But they only get one chance. Uh, I'm very much in favor of that. That also is a little selfish because I like getting around the league. But when you're talking about places that you visit multiple times, oh, yeah, absolutely, that too. Really good question, Chris. I appreciate it. Appreciate everybody uh, listening all week long, and we'll be back Monday that much closer to opening night in Philadelphia. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.